Welcome to Church Project. We're glad that you're here today. If you're a first-time guest, um, we're really glad that you're here. We're a church. We're the, a gathering of people that love Jesus. We love the mission of Jesus in this world, and we want to live that out together. We're also a project. We're an ongoing pursuit. We don't quite have this figured out, but we're trying our best to love Jesus and love others. And so welcome to Church Project. If you uh, want to follow along on the notes today, you can open up your YouVersion Bible app, and the notes are on there. I'd encourage you to download those notes, uh, and, and you can talk about those throughout the week. A reminder, we do not have house churches this month, so make sure you connect with your house church pastor and, ask, and find out when the party is, because I'm pretty sure everyone's having a party. So go ahead and, and, and do that. And then I also want to say, next week is our, is our uh, kid dedication, our child dedication, and so if you want to register for that, please register that, um, and, and so we'll have a great time of celebrating uh, next week. So, Okay. Let's jump in, because I think God has something really cool for us this week. We've been going through the book of Acts for two years, and here the last month and a half, we've taken a pause from going expository teaching, and we've, we've jumped into a little series. And the series that we're in right now is called Generosity. And I think what we're going to do is follow this through the, through the end of the year because we've taken a pause in the book of Acts and then we'll jump back into Acts starting in January. But we're basing the whole um, series in, of generosity out of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verses 1 through 7. This, so 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verses 1 through 7. If you've been coming the last couple weeks, you've noticed that this is Pastor Paul as I call him and he's writing back to the church the church that he's helped start, like this is the New Testament church, this is the beginning, and Pastor Paul is writing back to the church and encouraging him to do a couple things. The specific thing in this passage that Pastor Paul is, is talking and addressing this church to do is to tithe, is to be very faithful in their generosity of their money, and what he does to kind of highlight that and challenge him to do that is he highlights a church that's doing exceedingly well in this, and then he talks to another church and says, but you're doing excellent in a few things. And so he highlights those few things. So let's look in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 7. And may we be a people that are called generous, right? May we be a generous people. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1-7. through 7. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonia churches. In the middle of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they, have, they, they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us, for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Verse five, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, amen, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. And in verse seven, but since you excel in everything, and this is what we've looked at the last couple of weeks, since you already excel in everything, in faith, in speech, and in knowledge we looked at last week, and today what we're gonna look at is in complete earnestness, and next week we'll look at, and in love, 
we have kindled in you. See also that you also excel in this grace of giving. So today, specifically, what we're gonna look at is this church excelled in what? It says they excelled in their complete earnestness. Well, what do we need to know about complete earnestness? Complete earnestness is if you look at it in different translations, different versions of the Bible, and you begin to look at it, you're quickly gonna find out that complete earnestness means this. It's excited fervor to do something or to accomplish some end. It's an excited fervor to do something or to accomplish some end. It also means diligence. It means enthusiasm. It means eagerness. And it is the the power of action, the zeal to perform. And so this church, they excelled, they excelled, that was hard to say, they excelled in their what? In their zeal to perform. Their complete earnestness is a fervor to accomplish some end and a zeal to perform. Another way to put it, it's an MC Hammerness. You can't touch this. MC Hammer, if you know much about MC Hammer and you know the dance, I know Jack Mount knows the dance, but I won't embarrass him because he didn't bring his pants today. But if, if you grew up in America, if you've been in America long enough, you can't touch this. You know MC Hammer. Like MC Hammer at the top of his game was making $33 million a year. Not bad, right? That's a lot of, of uh, pants, man. That's good. A lot of shoes at the top of his game. And then, if, you know, if you've been following him, he also went through bankruptcy and, and, and all this other stuff. So MC Hammer, um, Hammer filed for bankruptcy in 1996, but today... He says his debt wasn't a matter of losing his head. No, is what he says, I lost my heart. He said, I, I didn't just take the money and say, I wanna be a blessing to myself. I took my money and employed 200 people in my community. I had a payroll of a million dollars a month at times. How he spent some of his money. So these days, Hammer, has his own record label and still for, um, performs about 50 concerts a year. How many of you want to go? If, if he performs in Denver, you want to go with me? Let's go. Come on. Yeah, come on, Ginger. We're there. Okay. <laughs> However, there's a side of Hammer that a lot of people don't know about, and some of his interests and accomplishments may surprise you. In his spare time, Hammer preaches and officiates um, friends' weddings, Yeah, he's a pastor. He actually lives where my parents used to live in California. Um, He manages 22 mixed martial artists, okay? He helped develop iPad apps. He's a techie guy. He invests in internet startup companies, and he lectures at, at places like Harvard and Wharton and Stanford and Oxford. So he's, he's involved in a lot MC Hammer was at the top of his game, and I'm not sure what happened to him, but he kind of dropped out a little bit. Um, Sorry, I took my notes and took them away. Who texted me? That was my daughter. Okay, here we are. We're back. So, MC Hammer, um, earnestness, complete earnestness is the power of action, the zeal to perform. And why do we need to know this? It's more about zeal than it is about perform. And, And... 
and, and, and just stay with me for a little bit on this. It's more about zeal than it is about perform. Zeal um, to, you can't touch this, okay? In the Old Testament, if we want to have that kind of attitude of you can't touch this is this. Exodus chapter 12, verse 11, and this is what happens. This is how you are to eat it with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, and it's the time when the, the Jewish people were waiting for the Passover, and it says, eat it with haste and have expectancy as to about what's about to come. Have zeal for this. We see that in the Old Testament. We see zeal, or this you can't touch this-ness. I don't know if that's a phrase, but we'll just keep using it. You can't touch it in this. In the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians, verses 8, 17, this is in the New Testament, for Titus not only welcomed our appeal, but he is coming to you with much enthusiasm and on his own initiative. He has heart for what he's doing. He's there. Like in the Old Testament, they could not wait to go for the Passover. They had an earnestness to be part of something that was moving. In the New Testament, we see Titus here in 2 Corinthians 8, 17. This, you can't touch this, this movingness. And he has a zeal to come on his own initiative. Like there's a passion, something to be a part of, something to be caught up in. That's not just about yourself. It's about others around you. Maybe even it's about employing 200 people in the height of your game. It's being part of something that's moving. Jesus was resolute on his mission, and his mission began in silent determination. So what do we need to know about this zeal to perform? It's more about the zeal than it is about performing. Jesus was resolute on his mission, and it began in silent determination. Multiple times when you study the life of Jesus, you see, what did he do? He went to silent places, and he retreated, and he abided with his father. He spent time there. It wasn't about the healings. It wasn't about what he was doing. It was about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so when we're talking about earnestness and we're talking about a zeal to perform, it's more about the zeal than it is about the performing. It's more about the relationship. If you would, the fuel in our doing or performing in this car, the fuel in this car is being. What drives us doing and what drives us performing is our being. And Jesus knew that it was more about the zeal, what was within him and the relationship that he had with his father than it was even about performing. Psalms 63 verse one says this, you, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Can you picture this psalmist writing this and making this a prayer or even making it a song? He's saying, you, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Our complete earnestness or our zeal that we're talking about today is found in giving ourselves first and foremost, like the church was recommended to do, to God and earnestly seeking Him. 
So it's more about the zeal than it is about our performing. It's about what's in here, and it's about a relationship and seeking God first and foremost in our lives, amen? In our world, though, it seems to be completely backwards. Do, 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 do. (laughs) Whoa. Perform. I mean, I think it's most evident in, in sports. We see this in sports. Why? Because we see people at the height of their game and we forget about them when they're not, like boxers, NFL people, maybe even in your job. Like it's about performing and, and doing, and as long as we're performing and doing, like the, the stands will cheer you on. Your coworkers, they'll cheer you on. Your industry, they'll cheer you on. As you break new grounds in technology and you, you, your vocation, you're just seeking God and you're leading the way. Like people will cheer you on and when you're at the top of your game in the NFL, you're gonna get cheered on. But when you're broken and used up, they forget about you. The boxer that was at the top of their game that can't even walk or speak, do you remember them? The NFL player that ends his career, do you remember them next year? And the same is true for us, though the spotlight may not be the same. Hopefully, it's gonna be the same for a lot of us in this room, because I believe that God's doing cool things here in Greeley, Colorado. I believe that his church in Greeley, Colorado is starting to wake up. I believe in northern Colorado, it's starting to wake up to the degree where literally in your vocations and professions, you are industry changers. Why? Because we can tap into the power of God and he gives us this ability to see what hasn't even been yet. We can speak life into dead places. I believe that in this room, come on, could there be a cure for cancer in this room? We need it. Sandy Rattan needs it. And we pray for God to heal Sandy at the same time. Like in this room, we speak life. We push back the gates of hell. In this room, I believe God is gonna do some incredible things with our zeal. But as the psalmist is praying in Psalm 63, one, he's saying, God, God, you are my God, I earnestly seek you. Like, I have a zeal for you, God, I earnestly seek you. I wanna be part of something that's moving and growing. I'm seeking you, God. I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. The world will use us up. And as soon as we're dry and as soon as we're broken, they'll move on and forget who we are. Not in this place. Because we represent God Almighty. And may his name be known. May it be known because of the zeal that's in us and what then we're able to do and perform wherever we go. Think about all the places and spaces just in this room we go this week. It's mind-blowing. We leave here and we all go a thousand directions and that zeal and that love for God as we say, God, I long for you, I urgently wait for you, God. Make me more like you, God, and we take that wherever we go. This land is not gonna be dry for very long, is it? I believe in this in Greeley, Colorado, and I believe in this for our world. So what do we need to do? We know about the zeal is, it's more about the zeal and what's in us than it's about performing. What do we need to do? We need to wake up and walk with Jesus. Amen, it's pretty simple. 
Like, how do we do this? We wake up and we walk with Jesus. Job 14.2 says this, we blossom like a flower and then wither like a passing shadow. We quickly disappear. My friends, isn't this life short? How fast was this year? Super fast. We just had Christmas Eve in here. We're about to have it again. Like it goes like this, we're like a flower, we blossom and we wither and in this life, how much more um, could, could we be living than just waking up and loving Jesus? We wake up and love Jesus, his zeal is in us and as we go and we live our days and we perform, people will see it. We wake up and eagerly walk with Jesus. Life is too short to miss out, miss out on this relational being with him. It's more about the zeal than about the performing. Now, why do we need to know this? Because we can have peace in our performance. Like the Bible's full of this tension of go do and go make nations and be active and be industry changers and go change the world. The Bible's full of doing. It's not just us sitting on our hands and doing nothing. And so how do we actively walk in this zeal and relationship with doing and changing and moving our hands and our feet and being Jesus Well, it's about having peace in our performance. It's about knowing who God is and knowing who we are. Philippians 4, verses six through eight says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. How does that feel? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure and lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. How, my friends, do you start your day and how do you move about your day in and day out? Does it wake up looking for Jesus? Does our every step look for Jesus and looking for the things that are pure and true and right? Does it look up looking for eternity? Saying, God, how do I bring heaven to earth right here? How do I move about my day and show people the love of God? It's about having peace in our performance and seeking him with earnestness and with zeal. When we have that zeal and when we have that love for God, it's so much easier to go and do, right? It's so much easier to go and perform. So as I was kind of thinking about this, I thought of a couple people in the Bible David's mighty men. Have you, have you read much about David's mighty men? They're crazy. They're insane. They're mighty men, okay? 2 Samuel 23, verses 8 through 11. 2 Samuel 23, verses 8 through 11. And here's some of the mighty men. Just quick, quickly. You don't have to turn there, but just think about this. These are the names of David's mighty warriors. Joshib, Bashabeth, uh, Takamonite. There you go. He was the chief of uh, he uh, was the chief of the three. 
he raised his spear against 800 men, okay? One versus 800, you like those odds? Whom he killed in one encounter. Oh, one encounter. Next to him was Eleazar, the son of Dobiah, the Elhalite. There you go. As one of the three mighty warriors, he was with David when he taunted the Philistines gathered at Pass Damian, there you go, for battle. Then the Israelites retreated, but Eleazar stood his ground and struck the ground, uh, struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and he froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. Next to him was Shammah. Okay, I'm just gonna pause right there because there's a lot of names I don't like to pronounce. But I think we see a couple examples here. One versus 800. We see men with zeal to perform. They're not sitting back. They're not just apathetic. They have zeal. They have zeal for God. They have zeal with their co-laborers with King David. They have this incredible zeal which drives them to perform incredible feats. So much so that one man defeats an army and his hand is just to the sword. If that's not zeal, I don't know what zeal is. If that's not being all in and performing, I don't, know what, I don't know what we could do anymore, but here's what I want to get to today. That happened then, if that happens now. The Holy Spirit is moving in this day in a new way like never before. Do we believe it? Do we see it? Can we hear it? Are we quiet enough? Are our ears to the ground hearing what God's doing? Because I'm starting to pick up a rumble, church. I'm starting to pick up a rumble for Church Project. I'm starting to pick up a rumble for Greeley, Colorado, and it's God just saying, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm moving. Get your zeal, get your zeal back, because the performance is gonna be incredible. What I'm about to do in Greeley, Colorado is gonna break through all the chains. It's gonna push back the gates of hell. I'm doing a good thing. Can you hear it, people? It starts with the zeal right here. Each of us waking up and seeking Jesus, eagerly seeking Jesus, saying, God, I want this zeal. I want more. I want more of you. Pour it out. Like, I want more of you. And so when we look at David's mighty men, there was three that we just talked through, and what they did, the zeal to perform was incredible. But what I want to point out was we have that same spirit right here. As you look at this second Samuel passage, it says next to him was, a name I can't pronounce and what he did was incredible. Next to him was, another name I can't pronounce that did incredible things. And next to him was, you see this as they go through David's mighty man today, next to him Next to him, put your name there. I don't see Dick Doherty in here, but next to him was Dick Doherty, a writer and a teacher. 
that pushed back the gates of hell. Next to him was Marcia, a prayer warrior and caregiver. Next to her was Eli, a tech master and a highly talented young man that's going to push back the gates of hell. Do you know him? Next to him is who? Just look to your neighbor and say, you're next to me. Go. (laughs) God has got great things over your life because you are a mighty man, you are a mighty woman, and may your performance come from a zeal that's within you as you wake up and eagerly seek Jesus. It's not about what you do. It's about the zeal of Jesus in you, amen? In a very cheesy 80s, 90s way, you can't touch us. You can't touch what God's gonna do. MC Hammer had confidence in his posse, in his dancing, And it wasn't about the dancing, it was about doing it with other people and had confidence you couldn't touch this. And as Jesus Christ followers, man, we have everything to stand up and look at a world and say, you can't touch this. What Jesus is doing, you can't match this. What Jesus is doing, you can't defeat this. You can't touch what Jesus is doing because he's already won, amen, church? He's already won. Now the question is, in Greeley, Colorado, in this day right now, Do we wake up and eagerly seek Jesus and let that zeal drive us to performance and complete eagerness as we can't wait to be a part of what he's doing every single day in our lives? Complete earnestness is a zeal to perform. It's more about the zeal than it is about performing. We wake up and eagerly walk with Jesus and we can have the peace in our performance as we do a lot for him and we push back the gates of hell everywhere that we go. Mighty men and mighty women, be praying because in your life and in the life of Church Project, we're gonna see some incredible things from this day forward. I believe it. God's already moving. God's already doing some incredible things. We continue to pray for people with sicknesses. We continue to pray that God would break through in those areas where you don't think that it's even possible for a breakthrough. We would continue to pray that one would defeat 800. We continue to pray that you see God moving afresh every single day as you find your identity in Jesus Christ. This is the church project that I wanna be a part of, you? Let's pray. God, thank you. Oh my gosh, God, thank you. Like it's so crazy to hear some of these stories about what you did in the past and just be in awe. But to think that that can be realized today, God, yeah, we want more of that. We want more, we want more of you, pour it out. We want more, God. We want you to show off. God, we're tired of the world painting an ugly picture of what's wrong and what's terrible. No longer 
Is that fear gonna grip us? As Krista even pointed out so beautifully, you are the nightlight, you are the protector. We have nothing to fear, there is no boogeyman under the bed. You have already won, God. I pray in our lives as we think of you, who you are and what you've done, that if there's something that's so daunting and so horrific in our minds, we don't know how it's gonna be overcome, that God, we would sit, we would rest, and we would wait before we move a finger. God, I pray that we are a people of complete earnestness with the zeal to perform, but it only comes after sitting with you, hearing what you want, and then actively going after it, God. Church, if you would in this place, just where you sit, maybe have a conversation with God. What's so daunting? What's the army of 800 in front of you that you're not sure how it's gonna work out? Would you just give that to God? Sometimes we can get addicted to fear, uncertainty, change. So maybe just whatever God brought to your mind today, ask God for help to give it to him. Church, what does it look like to wake up and earnestly seek Jesus, to want more of him in our life? To wake up and to be eager to walk with Jesus. What does that look like? Maybe think back on your day yesterday, the last 24 hours. What did that look like? Where did you notice moments where you were fully alive, walking in tandem, hand in hand with Jesus? Thank God for those moments. And then also just think back in the last 24 hours, where were, where were moments where you just left Jesus in the dust, man? You, you had to get stuff done. You had to go perform. You encountered that situation on your own. Ask God to bring that to your mind as well. Ask God to forgive you of that moment. Say, God, I'm sorry I got caught up in just performing and I left my zeal behind. I left my passion behind. I left the Holy Spirit just silent. Please give me the strength to today not repeat that offense. Tomorrow I pray that I walk walk in your footsteps I don't get so anxious, I outperform you, God. 
And then church, I know in this room, I'm certain, what God is doing in this place is fresh and anew. He's given each of us dreams that we're kind of scared to accept. Are those dreams based in a reality of who you are in Christ? So let's just pray in here, God, show me who you are. Show me who I am in you. And God, show me how powerful you are. And God, show me how powerful I am in you. In my complete earnestness, my zeal to perform, God, I'm excited for what you have for my future. My future is bright and full of hope. Give me your dreams and remove all fear and complacency. Let me dream wildly. Let me have an imagination that you have. Let me be hopeful for what you're doing and what you will do. Now, church, I want to pray over us and I want to pray over Greeley, Colorado for just a moment. And if you would, just stand and hold out your hands and let's pray. God, thank you for who you are. God, thank you for this place at this time. Thank you for everything it's taken to get us to be in this room together, united as your church. And I pray that your Holy Spirit is hovering and moving over each of us and in us that we would come alive, that our individual cells in our body would come alive, that God, you would wash over us, that we would find our zeal in you, that we wouldn't be addicted to performing and doing, but we'd be addicted to a relationship with you, finding our identity in you. And God, I pray that this is something that is potent and powerful in each of our lives that moves over to our families and our friends, that moves over to our church body, that moves over to our community, that moves over to our world. God, could you do something in this day and age in Greeley, Colorado, that would set the captives free? Would you give us hopes? Would you give us dreams? God, would you show off? Would we see miracles and signs and wonders? God, would we speak into existence the things that you wanna see happen? God, would you fill this room? Would you fill our hearts? Would we push back the gates of hell? Because God, we want more of you. We wanna see you do amazing things in this day and age. God, we thank you for bringing us together in this room today. May you continue to move and transform our lives. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, amen. Let's worship God in this place.